0: Welcome to The Perspective with Mike Sherboneau. We're a TV show and a syndicated radio show, and we are stepping into the conversation and looking to uncover how faith influences culture and how culture influences our faith. Be prepared to hear from some amazing guests, known and unknown, insightful conversations that will get you thinking. And most importantly on the show, we are especially interested in encountering the living God and hearing about how he is transforming lives. Check us out on the World Wide Web at www.theperspective.tv. On Facebook, you can search The Perspective with Mike Sherboneau, and you can also find us on YouTube.
1: It's high time for a new perspective. In a world of collective unease, we've got you covered this week with your hosts, Pastor Mike Sherpino and Julie Stoutland. Today on The Perspective, I don't think we've had a more prolific writer on the show who's covered as many topics and issues as our guest today, Michelle Howe. Michelle's a reviewer for Publishers Weekly. She's written over 20 books and covers everything from single moms to homeschooling moms to expecting moms. Her specialty shines through her life's work on faith, friendship, love, loss, and letting go.
0: Hey, welcome to the Perspective Today. I'm glad you're with us, and uh, welcome back, Julie. I'm glad you're with us as well. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. You know, I love the backdrops that we can create. I uh, know. And uh, the team always pulls them up. This is kind of an interesting one.
1: I think it's amazing. It's inspirational.
0: Yeah, okay. (laughs) When you think you see a scene like that... Yeah. What's one of your most inspirational spots or moments as you think about it?
1: Oh, moments. Well, I was going to say Venice is the one place I'd like to go to. But as far as being moments, I've been in the mountains in Norway. And just when you're up that high and you're just looking out and everything seems so small, I just can't help but think there has to be a God who created all this beauty. Well, you don't get
0: the fact that there has to be a God, but I think I can top your experience. Okay. okay. I like the mountains too. I like riding it on my motorcycle. Oh. Yeah, you know, just beating down the road. Mm-hmm. It's pretty kind of like, you know, born-free. Like yeah. you're just going for it. Wind in your hair. Wind in your hair. <laughs> and uh, but our prolific author that we have today, yeah. um, I know those landscape somewhat where she lives. There's no mountains. Nope. Kind of like here, you know, we've got a few, hills we have a few hills in Ontario, here. but uh, not the mountains. But anyways, all that aside, a prolific writer, yes. author, probably one of the most we've ever had on the program, who's written so many different articles and books, Michelle mm-hmm. Howe. And Michelle, we're glad you're with us. And uh, if you want to tell us that there's mountains in Michigan, <laughs> you know, we'll believe you, but uh, you're going to have to go long and far on that one. <laughs>
2: no we don't have mountains but we have many lakes which is why it's called the great lake state many 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 lakes and we actually live on a farm but we can see lake erie from our house and when you're talking about mountains and splendor and you know inspiration i just walk down to the beach and just walk it and again you cannot not believe in god when you see the immenseness, you know, of a huge lake and all that water and the power in the wind and everything that it brings in. So I
0: get it. You know. So true. So okay. True. Well, we'll let you. We'll let you go. We'll give you a buy on that one. All right. How about that? But hey, let's just jump in. Uh, it's amazing what God has allowed you to accomplish. You're an author of more than twenty books, but you're also a reviewer, and that sounds almost kind of boring. But I don't think it is. Tell us though so, what that is all about and how did it happen.
2: Well, I started writing 37 years ago when my first daughter was just about a year old. And that's how I got into publishing was writing book reviews. And I was writing, oh, three or four reviews a week, which meant reading three or four books a week. And it just started there. And I love reading. I've been a reader since I've been a child and it just sparked in me a ferocious desire to write because I would read something and I think maybe I could do that someday. But I've written for many, many years. I didn't have a book published until 1999. And by then I'd written lots of articles, mainly for single moms. My um, two closest friends were single moms. Suddenly they had went through divorces that they did not want. So I was telling their stories and ended up writing four books um, on behalf of single moms, even though I'm not a single
0: mom. So that's how I got into the book writing. Wow.
2: Well, listen, you know, I know you've written so many books and we're gonna
1: talk about a few of them, but I really wanna jump in before this question here and talk about your newest book calling Finding Freedom and Joy in Self-Forgetfulness. What an interesting title. And then I, I got into the first few chapters of it in an interesting way of looking at life and looking at yourself when we live in this world where it's all about me 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 and i need to analyze myself so i'd really love for you to expound on why you wanted to write this book and 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 how it can help us
2: well i started writing this book during covid when it was still the lockdown i believe and all of us were upended by that i mean by this pandemic and it changed all of our lives but i found myself Watching the news, read, or listening to broadcasts, reading articles, and becoming day by day more and more overwhelmed with the uncertainty of what was happening in our world. And my husband challenged me to just get off, get offline for a while <laughs> and get back to, he called it faith basics. And you know, it was the best advice I got during that time because like all of us, you want to control outcomes, but mm-hmm. only God is in control. And I found myself anxious, worried, afraid, and just just uncertain about everything. Like, what is our life going to look like when all this is over, if it's ever over? So I started staying offline more, really spending more time reading the Bible, praying, even grabbing specific verses and just carrying with me through the day that reminded me of God's sovereignty and his goodness and his faithfulness and his great love for all of us. And I started to calm down. Mm. And I thought, wow, now I can, I feel like I'm in a place where I'm really confident that the Lord will meet my needs, whatever that looks like, so I can go out and meet other people's needs. So that's the whole term of self-forgetfulness is that when we are confident because of what God tells us in his word, that he will meet all our needs, we are then free to go out and meet other people's needs generously, extravagantly, daily. And I think that's where this book was birthed. It was a very personal need in my own life. And that whole time a couple of years ago really revealed to me a real weak areas in my faith. Mm-hmm. And how I will to be in control, which I think we all want to be in control. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's, that's an area where it is, only God is in control. And we need to trust him. And you know, grow our faith through these hard times. So that's how the book got started.
1: Oh, I, I love that, because I mean, it's something that we all need to, we resonate with, and we can get so caught up in ourselves, and we have to focus on the fact that we're, we don't have the answers, so why don't we go to the one who does? That's, it's a wonderful
0: And it's interesting, picture. as you are talking about this, ladies, because God is always weaving a story, isn't mm-hmm. it? Through what we think is an obstacle, we have to go around it, and in the midst of that, we have a whole fresh encounter. Uh, some of the people that have really gone through some challenging times are single moms, and you've written on that issue. Talk to us about that and some of the things you've discovered on parenting and women's health issues. I'd love for you to expand on those things. And then especially how you're discovering how the Lord enriches your work.
2: Yeah, you know, it, it was like, in, like I said, in 1999, my first book was published. and It was called Going It Alone. And it was based on my two closest friends who went through unwanted divorces. Their husbands abandoned them and their young children, respectively. And I, so then we would talk every night, right? And they were in distress, of course. Their whole world was upended. But I started writing articles like once a month because they would face a challenge. They would talk to me about how they worked through the challenge, how God, uh, you know, faithfully met their needs when it didn't look like there was, any way to get out of impossible situations, whether it was health or finances or child custody, anything that goes along with that. But I've watched them grow and just their faith just blossomed and their lives changed for the better. And now many, many, many years later, they can look back and say, God met every need I had," Mm. and their children are all doing wonderfully. But at the time, of course, it was so hard. It was like a death. And But I watched them and I thought, oh, I've got to tell their story. So I became their advocate. And then I would write about their recent experiences, what they did right, what they did wrong, and how God met them at their point of need. And that was actually my first book. And then three more came along. But I will tell you, in my whole writing career, it's like God takes me from one topic to another (laughs) wherever I'm at currently in my life. So people say, well, how do you get the idea for a new book? And I say, well... It's because I'm so needy. I, I start going, <laughs> I need this. I need this. And the Lord starts working in my heart. And then I start researching, reading, talking to lots of people, interviewing them. And most of my books are stories about real people in real life situations and how they take whatever particular topic I'm writing about and they make it their own. Because they always want to highlight that God is wow. faithful. Yes. You know. Well, listen. Yeah.
1: Let's hold that thought, and we're going to come right back and talk more about your work. We'll be right back after
3: this short break. Looking for a church to connect with? North End Church at 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines has the welcome mat out for you, and Pastor Mike would love to get to meet and talk with you. Join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. North End Church, where everyone is welcome, no one is perfect, and anything is possible. We all love stories. They shape our minds, fuel our passions, and give perspective to our situation. Speaking of perspective, have you checked out The Perspective on your local TV network? The Perspective is Canada's newest daily faith-based program that addresses the issues between faith and culture. You will hear stories from guests like Lisa Bevere, Daryl Strawberry, Paul Henderson, the Godwink people, David Nurse, and many more. Hosted by Dr. Mike Sherboneau, The Perspective is here to help you find and follow Jesus. Check us out at ThePerspective.tv. We're back with a prolific author,
1: Michelle Howe. Michelle, you've written books and articles for every stage of life, as we mentioned. Except your stage in our last segment. We spoke about things we face in our younger years. So let's talk about your work with about staying afloat during the life's toughest time. An empty nest. What's next? Love this line. Parenting about adult children without losing your mind. Let's talk about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that we, we recently, not too recently, are now empty nesters because sometimes your kids move back in, right? Mm. But um, in fact, our daughter is actually getting married next week. So it's well, like- congratulations. A n- yeah, that's very exciting. But a, a lot of that book was about our, our youngest daughter, Corinne and the trials that she actually placed herself into. And I've told her story everywhere and she is happy for everyone to know it because God really rescued her out of a life of um, danger and mm. um, just drinking and drugs and just wild living for about five or six years and it really put our family through a lot. And she uh, has a wonderful testimony of how God oh. took her to the bottom and brought her back up and she's doing so well now. But that book starts out with that story because during that time, I will say my husband and I often felt like we were losing our minds, not just her, but just there's so many scenarios in the empty nest season. Mm. And, you know, it changes and people sometimes grieve right away. And then other people, other parents will grieve later on. But, you know, one, you can't really think that there's a formula because we're all unique individuals. And I didn't really grieve the empty nest until, um, my son left, and he was he was our youngest, but the other three they just kind of they kind of just swooped out, both of them older girls got married. Karen was here for a bit in trouble, but we were like really trying to work with her, and then she left. but some people will say, I- well, I didn't cry when they they left. well, I cried when we dropped our son off at college mm-hmm. and then dried my tears and came home because not that I was sad that he was leaving because I realized it was closing a chapter on our life exactly and we were going to have to re, reboot, to say it a different way, with my husband and I. Because, you know, when you have four kids, you're busy, busy, busy with them. So we had to do some marriage changes, you know, and really be more intentional about spending time together, finding things, again, that we really like to do with, with each other. And we served together. And that was my husband's idea, is so that I can have my own, you know, service opportunities. And he has his own. He's a teacher and a coach. However, we weren't doing anything together. And he said, we need to do something together. And I, when I go back to that book, I always suggest to couples that try to find a place where you can serve your community, your church, your family, your friends, neighbors, something together, because it bonds you in a different way. I mean, most of your life is spent, what, rearing your children and then maybe into the grandparent stage, which is where we are delightfully at now. <laughs> but um, it's, it was a time of transition, and I don't think people always think that it's going to be hard. But I think it is hard. And sometimes you get into the middle of it, and you're like, wow, this doesn't feel normal anymore. And you have to really work through um, new challenges and just a a new season of life. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, Michelle, one of the things that you've also been involved with is your work with Focus on the Family. And I know they have many specific areas that they delve into related to family and emotional health and well-being and helping people on their spiritual journey. I mean, I'm curious as to the areas that they wanted you to be invested in. Could you unpack that just a little bit for my nosy mind?
2: Yeah. Well, the first time I was on Focus on the Family was for Empty Nest, What's Next? Because Mm -hmm. they really want to talk about that. And that was a great visit. They're terrific people. They're so welcoming. You go in in the morning and they're like family. They treat you like just like, oh, you're one of us, and they're they're delightful. The next time I visited, uh, we did two different interviews, and it was caring for your aging parents. Now, my parents are older, but the stories I tell in that book were about our caregiving experiences of our elderly neighbor first, and then my husband's dad, and how the first time we failed miserably because we did not know what we were doing. It was so stressful. And then four years later, when my husband's father had um, esophageal cancer and only five months to live. We did it differently, but it was one of the richest seasons of our life because we knew what we were doing. So I tell a lot of stories about that and they were interested in that, of course. And then we also did one on grandparenting <laughs> and, uh, that's again, one of my favorite topics, but I really want grandparents to be intentional. I mean, we only have so much time so many people we can be invested in per person. And, you know, grandkids, be they live far away or close to you, their spiritual charges. I mean, we want to lead them into a, a relationship with Christ. We want to demonstrate unconditional love. And especially now when the family unit is so changing and unstable, grandparents mm-hmm. have such an opportunity to come in and help moms and dads.
1: Well, that's what I was it, thinking. You know, you know you, we've been talking a lot about mentorship lately, and how important it is in a community. But it, being a grandparent is being the ultimate mentor to your grandchild. I mean, the importance of that—you must see that in your writings and your your environment—that how how needed
2: it is today in our culture, right? Right, and you know, many many grandparents are now raising their children too. And I have good mm. friends who. Raising their grandchildren because their adult children were unable to for various reasons, but it's completely different than it was 30, 40 years ago. Right. And parents today often are so busy and they're so tired and they're so weary, and our, our world is just changing at light speed. So to have a grandma or a grandpa or both be able to take the kids for a few hours or write letters to them and put an encouraging few sentences, affirming them, loving them. I think we all know, if we've been parents, that sometimes your grandchildren will accept things from you, truth from you, encouragement from you, even maybe a little bit of a rebuke from you that they might not accept from their parents. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's true.
0: A good word. It's a good word. I think one of the biggest challenges, of course, as you're aware, is the huge epidemic of loneliness that people are going through. And especially with the senior population. Uh, I mean, I shared it on a show about a week ago where my wife, she visits a lot of seniors and she went in and one dear person just broke down in tears because she said, I have no one who ever comes to visit. And that is just the reality of loneliness. Um, Mm -hmm. You've written on so many things. It seems that as you're going through seasons, that becomes the uh, the fertile soil to uh, birth all these books. What's next? What do you see What's, coming next?
2: Well, I am just finishing a new book called The Humble Life, and it's journeying along with Jesus through the Gospels. And it's just a study of everything he shared throughout the Gospels and how he dealt with people with compassion and tenderness and care and humility. Mm. Even with those who opposed him, brutally opposed him, and hated him, and had enemies. So I'm taking 20 chapters to unpack that. And boy, if I learned a lot, it's been a blessing to me. And also um, a challenge to me because I thought it was a lot more humble than I was. I mean, I don't think I'm prideful at all. But when you start looking at what Jesus did and you compare it, I go, oh, you have so far to go, woman. So that's my next book that's coming out, and I'm excited about it.
1: Well, I love how honest and open you are about your own journey, and obviously that's why God has blessed you with the ability to write and share it with the rest of us that also need it. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for the blessing of your books, and I'm sure God's going to bless you with a lot more.
2: Thank you so much for having me. This was a great part of
1: my day. Thank
0: you. I'm glad you could be with us.
1: All right, stay with us, everyone. We'll be right
3: back. Do you live in the Niagara area? Are you looking for a great summer option for your children? North End Church is offering six weeks of summer day camps that any child would love. Check out all the options at northendchurch.ca. Coming Sunday, June 4th, it's a show and shine day at North End Church. This is a special shout out to all motorcycle riders. So bring your bike, your old car and shine them up. After church, there will be a barbecue and a blessing of the kids' fun activities for kids of all ages, along with an organized ride around Niagara with all the bikes. Check it out at northendchurch.ca. We'll see you then.
1: Life is happening every day around us, and in that, we can learn lessons, and we have the ability to always share them or to help in some way. Just like she is using her own life experience to allow God to work in her, and then write about it so that we can also glean the wisdom that she has learned through her life experiences and she's got over 20 books because of that and focus on the families user for that and I think it's just a reminder that don't we need to not underestimate our own personal experiences that we go through so that Absolutely. we can use them to benefit those around us
0: so here's my read on it today a lot of times it's like we're driving down the road and we come to a stoplight mm. and this, you know the red light can be caused by many different things yeah. Maybe it's a bad experience, or some we keep talking about COVID, and that's right. still a reality for many people. You know, the ramifications, mm-hmm. or it can be a, a bad decision, a financial crisis, and the list is endless. Right. But many people stay at the stoplight. Yes. And I just want to encourage you today uh, to look at the light a little differently, look for the green. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage you to get up and to get going. Matter of fact, Jesus called us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's really easy to be stalled out and say, I can't do anything, I can't make a difference. Michelle gives us an example of someone who is choosing to make a difference. Julie has already referenced it. I wanna invite you on this amazing journey to get past the red light. The light has turned green and in a couple of minutes, I'm gonna come back and teach the final part from the book of James chapter one this week on how to get going when the light turns green. So stay with us. We're going to be right back, right? Right. Okay. Okay, fasten your seatbelts. I got some things I got to share with you as we wrap up the final uh, part of James chapter one. We've been talking about navigating the bumps in the road, okay, it is easy to get parked at the red light and we get parked at the red light when we ask the question, why? Folks, there's nothing wrong with asking God why this or why that, but it's time to start asking another question. And maybe the, the question is for you today, as it is for me, "'Lord, what's next? Okay, we're here. I might not like the situation, but we're here. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go?' And you know when you say, "'Why me?' Well, why not?' God tells us in His Word that He allows difficult things to happen to us, not to beat us down, but so that we will look to Him to find strength. And uh, in the midst of those trials, the easiest thing is to give in to temptation." And the temptation says that God's not loving. He's not fair. He's not there with me. And it's very easy to go down that negative path. It's also very easy to compromise our walk with Jesus by giving into temptation. Now, James is going to talk about these things because they are like the huge potholes. Sometimes they are like craters and they will just destroy your life if you let them. You have a choice. You don't have to let them. And we find the strength comes out of God's word as we look to his word and as we seek to follow him. So if you're gonna navigate the bumps in the road, all right, you need a divine perspective. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you gotta find your perspective by looking at the cross. I said that yesterday, that Jesus says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. How do you have joy when you're going to the cross? Because he was in the center of his father's will. And perhaps the Father's will is for you to be going through what you're going through right now. Do you pray for deliverance? Absolutely. When I was sick, did I pray that I'd get well? Absolutely. When people come to me, I pray for them. And sometimes God answers my prayers right now. Sometimes they're answered in the future. But I have want to encourage you to stop asking the question why? I can ask it a few times, but let's move on. Let's leave the red lights behind and you see God is teaching us that through trials he can be trusted in James 1:13, we read these words let no one say when he is tempted I am being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one but guess what we are tempted to go astray and this can be just about with anything matter of fact it is with everything And by that, I'm saying the temptation is to turn our back on God. The temptation can be to give in to sin, to lust, to say, I'm not happy with my partner. I'm gonna go find someone else. The grass has gotta be greener on the other side of the fence. Well, folks, if the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, it's probably because the guy has to pay a higher water bill. It's as simple as that. But here we read, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own evil desire. You see, evil desire is a strong, desire directed towards an object. It's lust, it's not love. Say, oh, I just gotta have it right now. Well, that's not love, that's not the loving way, that's lusting after something. And then it says, we are dragged away. Kind of comical when you think about it, it's the idea of putting bait on a hook. And I've said this before, even in our church family, I'll never understand what a fish sees as being attractive about a worm. But that's like sin, it paints itself up so good, and it tempts us, and it tempts us by promising us something that we can get that will ultimately destroy us. And then it says that we get enticed, and we're caught, and we're trapped, we've been drawn in, and we feel just awful. Folks, the good news is that God is not interested in seeing you and I falter. He wants us to overcome, and we read that in verse 16. says, don't be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above. God wants to give you his gifts, his goodness. And oftentimes his gift is the experience of his presence in the midst of a challenging moment. Could that be you today? Probably it is. And maybe that's why God has allowed you to tune into our broadcast today to listen to this program so that you'll understand that God wants you to be an overcomer. We think of the analogy of going on a trip, the family trip, the road trip. Well, you know what? Going on a road trip means I need to be prepared. I gotta be prepared in my mind. I need God's perspective as I look at things, realizing that even though it's tough, He is gonna be with me. But I need to be praying specifically. I need to be praying that I will stay in the center of God's will. I need to be praying and saying, Lord, give me strength to say no to the things that are wrong and to say yes to you and to trust you Even when the question why is banging in my brain, I know this, that if God is for me, who can be against me? And he loves you. He cares for you. And through him, you can be more than a conqueror.
3: Thank you for listening to The Perspective with Mike Sherboneau. If you like what you heard or have a question for Mike, send him an email at this address, mike at theperspective.tv. Again, that's mike at theperspective.tv. Visit our website at www.theperspective.tv and check out our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com and type in The Perspective with Mike Sherbino. There you'll find hundreds of videos that'll keep you entertained and thinking for hours. Thanks again for listening to The Perspective, where we are always seeking to uncover how faith influences culture and how culture influences our faith. Until next time, we'll talk to you then.